Vegas 18. It's happening this weekend. We're going to show you where to get the information where you can make those winning plays on DFS and sports betting. Let's do this. What's up, friend? Welcome to DFS Tavern. I'm your betting bartender, Anzo. Today, we're talking UFC Vegas 18. Now, we're going to show you where our stat model is free each and every week, how to use it, the layout for the points, and then let's pick some winners. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like our videos and hit that bell notification so you don't miss anything. One of the fights this week that I have no interest in whatsoever is Michael Johnson versus Clay Guida. I don't know who's going to win. Both kind of past their prime. Who do you think is going to be the winner of that fight? Write them down in the comments down below. Now let's get to our website and where you can get the information. Here we are on the website. Links down below. Click on the upper left. Go to our UFC page. You'll see it loaded up for UFC Vegas 18 and our stat model down below that will load in right about now. What you're gonna wanna do is go to the upper right and click on this little area to open it up and you'll see the stat model pop right in front of you so you can use it on your phone, the computer, tablet. It just makes it a lot easier if you open up the actual page than using it on the website. Now, the order of the fights this week is a little bit mixed up because DK was adding fighters in. There was a few that got COVID, aren't fighting until next month. So not necessarily in order, but we try to go from main event on down here in the stat model. You'll see we have all the information listed out, including Vegas odds, how likely it is to finish inside the distance, their FanDuel prices and the comparison between DK and FanDuel. Then we have finishes with KOs, submissions, their average fight times, significant strikes per minute, and then take those points and put them into a three-round fight. Accuracy, striking, striking against defense, and then, of course, grappling, takedown, submission attempts. And if you hide all the way over, you'll see some notes in this section with all our links where you can get all our information, including our Discord chat, which is 100% free, limited space available, so jump on in. So, of course, it wouldn't be a UFC video without talking about a few key things before we get to the fighters here. Go to the second tab, and you'll see the points comparison tab. Now, DK, again, if you missed out on the last fight, changed up some of their scoring. But you can see right here that you'll get all the information, the point comparison between DK and FanDuel, and where kind of you need to look for certain fighters. Obviously, DK is favoring now more on the striking side, but with control time adding up, if someone can lay on top of someone and not be super active, you're still gonna get a certain amount of points when you didn't before. Back to the front page, we have Alexander Volkov versus Alistair Overeem. All right, so in the beginning, I thought it was gonna be a lopsided fight. Volkov is 8,600, Overeem is 7,600. Main event, I'm sure a lot of people garner ownership on Overeem just because he is the underdog at plus 165. Volkov is a favorite at minus 190. And when it's heavyweights that we're dealing with, it typically ends in a knockout or TKO. So minus 245 to end with inside the distance is very, very accurate. This is number four versus number six in the world in heavyweights. But honestly, Overeem's on a little bit of slide and Volkov is just tall and big. Uh, nothing much else going there. When we slide to the notes, you can see here that Overeem's won four 
of his last five fights. I totally forgot that he's actually been kind of on a mini streak because uh, he was looking downhill there for a while. Where Volkov is 6-2 total in the UFC. Now, one thing you note, these striking and grappling stats or are from UFC fights only. And the finishes are from their total fights of their entire career. Everything points in the direction for Volkov to take this down, but when it comes to heavyweights, it just takes one hit, and that's all she wrote. So you're going to want to have exposure to both. I do lean Volkov in this fight, though, to win by knockout, say by the third, maybe fourth round. I'm more excited for the second-to-last fight, which should be Alexander Pantoja versus Manal Cape. I don't even know if I'm saying his right name. It might be Cape. But Pantoja fought some of the toughest people working his way up through division in the past and now is kind of taking a step back with a couple losses but he still is number six in the world and this guy Manal Cape is nowhere near that so at 8300 this seems like something that everybody's gonna be jumping on to be perfectly honest versus an unknown uh, this is supposed to f- finish with inside the distance as well but I think the Ozmakers are a little too close on this one. Yeah, uh, Manal finishes almost all his fights, but Pantoja does the same as well. He's pretty even across the board with KO subs and a few submissions. But we know that he's going to go after some takedowns at least a couple times, try to put on some submissions, see what happens. Manel is jumping up in class here, big time fighting the UFC for the very first time. Pantoja should be a little welcome message like, you know, when they play in the NFL, welcome to the UFC, buddy. And give him a little uh, finishing move or knockout or TKO on Manel. So Pantoja 8300 seems like someone that you're going to want to have in your lineups at the average price on DraftKings. With a few other fights that are of interest to me, again, I have no idea who's going to be winning that Michael Johnson-Clay Guida fight. I think that's a little bit closer than we think because they're both kind of beyond their prime, even though Guida just got signed up for four more fights on the UFC, and they dropped fighters like Spike Carlisle and Antonio Carlos Jr., who's coming off a loss. I was kind of surprised at a couple of those that they cut from the roster, but it is what it is. That's business. Let's jump down towards the bottom here and go to Devontae Smith and Justin Janes. Now, Justin Janes is one of those fighters I was extremely excited to see make the UFC like a few fights ago. Uh, he comes out, fights Frank Camacho, and wins. Devontae Smith hasn't fought like in a year, year and a half-ish, and he got rocked by Kama Worthy. Now, we know how good Kama Worthy is, but Kama Worthy is like the giant killer or whatever, and Jane's really is a puncher as well. So I think Smith overlooked his fight, his last fight, coming back after the break. Now he's a minus 300 favorite, 9,200. Seems like a lot. Janes at 7K isn't bad to go towards to see maybe a knockout. Now, these guys aren't heavyweights whatsoever, so you're not going to have like that knockout power. In general, any punch can win, but these guys come out slinging. You can look at their their significant strikes per minute. They're both high up there. They don't really put on any finishing moves, aren't going to try to take each other down too much. When we look at the rankings in the world, Devontae Smith is much higher ranked than Justin James, but James doesn't want to lose three in a row. I don't think no one does, but he's a fighter and he'll fight until the end until he gets either knocked unconscious or take it all the way to the decision, which I just don't see possible because these guys punch and kick way too much. It should be an action-packed fight, 
probably could end in the first round. So if you have bets out there that have like under one and a half rounds, maybe uh, somewhere in that range, you might want to take the under just to see what happens. Because I think this is just action, action, action. Uh, as James likes to come out and just start punching, I don't think Devontae Smith wants to lay back after what happened to him last time against Kama Worthy. Last but not least, the most interesting fight as far as DK is concerned because you have two guys under the min price is Odie Osborne versus Jerome Rivera. This technically should be the first fight of the night, but you're dealing with Osborne at 78 and Rivera at 75. So you're getting two fighters that are under the average price of 8,300. You pick one of these guys and they win, you're good to go, saves you a little bit of cap space. Even though Osborne is minus 210 favorite on the card, uh, Rivera stepping up to bantamweight, but he's higher ranked in a flyweight than he is bantamweight, so we'll just won't have the momentum to stay with Odie Osborne. And I think that's where all the favoritism is coming from. And then when we look at everything else, Osborne has finished a lot of his fights super early, an average of 344 in the UFC. They both strike about the same they're both going to go for submissions, and it comes down to who has the better defense of holding those submissions. Now, the issue here is that Rivera is coming off his two straight losses in the UFC, and his contract probably on the line here if he loses this one. So he's going to have a lot of determination behind him to do well. Probably an Osborne here, but I don't think it's as lopsided as the Vegas lines make it seem. Not sure it's going to be the most exciting fight. Could come down to like a split or majority decision not seeing you have to grab either of these guys it's just a way to save some cap space if you didn't want to go down to some other lower fighters so i'm excited to see james again not really hyped up about the main event but it is what it is we've got a bigger card coming next week but this is ufc vegas 18 hit me up with any questions at dfs tavern on twitter join us in our discord chat we put up videos every day right now on different sports, so don't miss out. Hit that bell notification. Check out the other videos we have up right here and here. Be kind. Love you all. Let's do this.